I don't want to shackle your buzz, but I think we got to talk about Omicron today. Uh, yesterday kind of laid off a little bit, but we've got to talk about what's going on in the world. And in South Africa, it looks like there is a wave of Omicron sweeping over that country. 20,000 cases in a day. I was reading an article in the Toronto Star where Dr. Andrew Morris, a professor of infectious diseases at the University of Toronto, said uh, it's going to spread like wildfire. And within about three to four weeks, he said, I would guess it's going to be an Omicron uh, pandemic uh, taking over for Delta. And the cases are going to rise substantially. Here to talk about what we could be in for, I know there's still lab tests going on. Dr. Amit Arya, palliative care physician in, in the GTA and assistant clinical professor at McMaster University in U of T. Uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Arya. Great to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kelly. Good morning. Are you as concerned as Dr. Uh, Morris is? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, at this point in time, we, have, you know, of course, as you mentioned, we don't have all the data about Omicron. So nobody really knows what exactly is going to happen. But we do know that uh, a wave is coming. It does look like Omicron is more contagious and more transmissible than the Delta variant. How severe uh, the illness uh, will be that Omicron will cause is still unknown. So we have to take precautions now. We have all the tools about COVID-19 at this point in time. I mean, this is not a new virus, regardless of the variant. And we have to use all these tools at this time to, you know, keep society open and, you know, prevent people from suffering and dying unnecessarily. It's uh, it's worrying because the holidays are coming up. Not only are we going inside, but we're getting inside with more people. Although, uh, in some public health uh, regions, they've they've cut back the amount of people that you can socialize with. Uh, for people listening to this program, what's your recommendation when it comes to safely enjoying the holidays if you are, you know, fully vaxxed? Yeah, so I have several recommendations. Uh, Firstly, speaking about vaccinations, uh, what we know now is this is essentially a three-dose vaccine. This is not a two-dose vaccine. And actually, I would say that we need to change our definition of uh, who we consider to be fully vaccinated and partially vaccinated based on those recommendations. Um, I would add that it appears in the initial data that with Omicron, three doses is once again even more important Um, you know, as compared to two doses. So once again, we should be considering this a three-dose vaccine. And uh, we should be opening up in Ontario our booster doses to not just people over 50, um, but actually everyone above 18 should be eligible for a booster dose, providing the timing fits, right? And you're talking about the 168 days. Yes, exactly, right? Roughly about six months uh, after the second dose is basically what we're referring to. So that is absolutely one layer of protection. And we also have to make sure that, of course, people who are not vaccinated, vaccine hesitant, we still make sure we move forward on first doses. And we should be accelerating the vaccine rollout for children as well. So this is one recommendation, Kelly, vaccination. The second recommendation is about rapid antigen tests. I mean, right now, our province seems to be sitting on 23.6 million rapid antigen tests. And that, of course, seems to be absurd at this point in time, because we know these rapid antigen tests can be a very useful tool to tell you if you're infectious or not in the moment. So with a greater number of people that are going to get together with their loved ones over the holidays, uh, and of course, we want to encourage that. We don't want to close society at all at this point in time. Rapid antigen tests can be a very useful tool to ensure that people are getting together safely. And then the third thing that we should be doing is we should, I mean, at this point in time, the science is beyond clear. We know that COVID-19 is an airborne virus. 
But what that means is we have to have better high quality masks and encourage people to use N95 masks rather than the surgical mask. And we also need to clean the air. So that means HEPA filters, uh, better ventilation and filtration. What about opening the windows? Uh, if you have people over for, you know, the holidays, keep a, a couple of windows cracked. Is that a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. Anything that can increase ventilation where we're gathering is, is better because this virus, you know, spreads like smoke in the air. So you can imagine if you're, if you're in a room and someone is smoking, and even if they're more than six feet apart, they may be far across the room, you could still potentially inhale the smoke. And once again, there's just a lot of evidence at this point in time. We just know very clearly that COVID-19 doesn't spread predominantly through the, you know, the large droplets. Uh, that we were told early on in March 2020, and we have to shift what we do based on recognizing that COVID-19 spreads through airborne transmission. What don't we have to do anymore? Because I think when we talk about what we have to do, we're in a situation where people are exhausted of changing, you know, changing the way they live. The reality is we're going to have to live it a new kind of way. So anything we can take off their plates would be a good idea. So what is no longer necessary, in your opinion? So I think, yeah, yeah. So I think one thing that I could definitely speak about that I feel is no longer necessary is related to cleaning surfaces. Uh, sadly, I can share with you, even in hospitals across the province, because there's not this recognition that COVID-19 is airborne. And even in other places, we're seeing people focusing on scrubbing the floors, cleaning up surfaces, uh, you know, and saying these are high touch surfaces. That probably is much less important. And I would even say it's really not important at all at this point in time. Okay, so we don't have to worry about all the uh, bleaching every surface and, and getting into the cracks and, and wiping down groceries or anything. I have a Absolutely. question about rapid tests. You know, as you say, they can tell you if you're infectious in the moment, but we do know that there is kind of an incubation period. You don't start shedding the virus very quickly. What do we know about that incubation period? Well, we know for Omicron, likely that incubation period is shorter. So that's one thing to take into account. Specifically, when we talk about rapid antigen tests, I can explain a little bit about how they work. Mm -hmm. So they detect a protein on the surface of the virus. And what it means, the presumption is that you have to be infected at sufficient levels for the rapid antigen test to detect it. And then if you're infected at that level, you're much more likely to be infectious. So they're not a medical diagnostic test. That's the PCR test. Right? They're a public health surveillance tool, which we can use to determine if you're infectious or not. And specifically, it's for people who are asymptomatic, because we know a lot of people are asymptomatic and are still infectious. And this is how this virus works. Of course, we expect if you have symptoms, well, then you would go get the PCR test and you would isolate. But what would happen if you didn't have symptoms? 30 to 40 percent of adults uh, can have COVID-19 and can be spreading it without symptoms. And that number rises to 50% in children. If you're going to get together with people outside the household and you're planning on, you know, like a ski trip over the, the holidays, is, the, is it worthwhile taking one of these rapid tests to kind of make sure that things are okay moving forward? Or is that just, is it something that you would have to continuously uh, test for on a daily basis? Yeah, so ideally we should be using them frequently. Regular surveillance is better rather than just one test. Um, you know, kind of the recommendation would be if you're going to get together with your family members as you're suggesting on a ski on a ski trip or say you're getting together with your grandchildren, um, it's probably a good idea to test uh, the morning of the day that you're planning to have this get-together. Um, and, you know, 
basically the way it would work. Of course, you know, these rapid antigen tests are different than the PCR test. You don't have to go to a testing site. You don't have to have the deep nasal swab. And you don't have to wait a day for the results. The rapid antigen test will give you the result within 15 minutes. And once again, it tells you if you're infectious or not at that time. And ideally, once again, we need a layered approach. So in addition to the rapid antigen test, uh, what we need is, once again, we need to wear higher quality uh, N95 masks, preferably, or KN95 masks, and have measures to clean the air. As you mentioned, opening the windows, HEPA filters um, are, are some of the measures we can do to achieve that. Right. But if you're spending time indoors with people and you've already taken your rapid test, odds are you're not going to start wearing masks indoors. Yeah. With yeah, those absolutely. people. Absolutely. And that's where this rapid antigen tests are so important, right? And that's mm -hmm. where we're advocating, Kelly, for the government to release these tests at this point in time. At this point when we're seeing, you know, and this is really, um, you know, we're kind of pre-Omicron right now. We're starting to see Omicron take hold, but Delta is already surging in this province. I mean, our case counts are actually at their highest level, um, you know, as compared to like six months ago. Our ICU admissions are rising. Um, last I checked a couple of days ago, we had 1,800 active cases in schools. And schools are shutting down left, right, and center. So once again, we want to keep society open. We want to keep schools open. We want to keep restaurants and businesses open. We want to be able to get together uh, with our loved ones for the holidays. And one of the ways to safely do that, to break those chains of transmission, is to have that rapid antigen test. Have that power yourself to test yourself in the morning before going out to, you know, once again, congregate with other people and meet with other people indoors. Yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, the hashtag free the rats is trending right now in Canada or in Ontario, free the rats, rapid antigen testing. Um, and that's a, obviously a call on the Ford government. These rapid antigen tests, if I can just wrap it up with this question, because I am interested in it. Do we know if it detects the Omicron variant as easily as, as the other variants? Yeah, it definitely seems to be. So at this point in time, what we think and what we're hearing from around the world, where rapid antigen tests are actually very readily available, is that, yes, these rapid tests should still be able to detect the Omicron variant. Of course, they won't tell you if, you know, which variant you have if you turn positive. You know, so if you're asymptomatic, once again, only for asymptomatic people, you yeah. do it in the morning. And then, you know, if you're negative, well, then you can go about your day with confidence. If you're positive, that means you have to get a PCR test and you have to isolate until you get the result. You right? brought up but, asymptomatic people. Um, yes. But if you're symptomatic, what are the symptoms again? Can you, can you run down them? Because I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, I just have a cold. I caught somebody's cold. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Uh, I think that could be a symptom of uh, COVID and they're not getting tested. Yeah, so you're absolutely right, Kelly. I mean, we, so we should actually, in my opinion, we should be we should be obligating people to who have any type of respiratory symptoms, um, sort of gastrointestinal symptoms that are new or unusual. To of course, you know, you have to get the PCR test and you have to isolate, right? And we have to obviously make it as easy as possible to get these PCR tests as well. But yeah, I mean, obviously getting tested is the first step to recognizing if you have COVID-19 or not and then isolating so that you're not infecting others around you. Yeah, I, I appreciate your time today, uh, doctor. It's, I mean, I think it's important to talk about this. I think what I feel is a big problem is that people are completely COVID fatigued. And I think that even if we had access to rapid tests, which I think we should, I wonder how many people would be unwilling to take them based on the fact that they'd rather not know. And it sounds ridiculous, but I think if people feel that they're asymptomatic, it's not really affecting them, 
they might uh, defer to, uh, I don't want to know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm also hearing, um, I, I, obviously, there's a wide range of how people respond to the fact that, of course, we're all extremely tired and fatigued. I do agree with you, Kelly, at this point in time, and we wish we wish this could end, but we have to be realistic with what's happening in front of us. But I also hear that many people are absolutely terrified, with, especially with school shutdowns, and I'm yeah. speaking to many parents where, you know, once again, they would rather have this tool and do everything we can to, you know, keep society open, avoid these school closures, and prevent unnecessary suffering and death. It just doesn't need to happen at this point in time. We know so much about the science of COVID-19. Yeah, and if we know about it, we can test. And if we test and keep people away, then we don't continue to spread this virus. And once the virus doesn't have this, the uh, amount of hosts that are hospitable, it will hopefully end this pandemic. But we are not there yet. Doctor, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Have a great day. Dr. Amit Arya is a palliative care physician in the GTA and assistant clinical professor at McMaster University and U of T.